We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Clint, how you doing? I'm doing well, man. Y'all can call me dirty from now on because I plan on getting dirty with George's ass. I'll give you the politically non-correct answer. Let the nuts hang. Let the fucker fly, man. Well, you never know what the hell is going to go on in Morgantown. You get off the bus, it smells like straight whiskey. Whatever 50-year-old white man's out here doing a gritty that night, you know? Whatever. But no, I'm serious. The lights went out. Don't worry, guys. Don't worry. It's Dabo doing the gritty. I say right foot creep. Cheers, boys. Go to 12, uh, college football after dark, college football championship edition, or so we thought. It wound up being a, a retro Mike Tyson fight against a guy we never heard of. George Whitfield, Clint Sterner, Christian Hackenberg, uh, driven by Trevor Valise and Dagan Hughes. Fellas, <clears throat> I mean, you know. <laughs> Reasonable people could have thought George was going to win this. But, I mean, th this is that lunchroom fight or that after-school fight where you're like, you don't have to do them like that. Clint, you don't have to do them like that. Mm. They made sure no one else from that side of the school would ever walk in the hallways voice raised. <laughs> Everybody watch your tone. 66 seven how we well, yeah. look let, let's 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 be honest it, it shouldn't be this bad so, somebody somewhere along the way somebody at tcu sonny dykes 
Uh, Max Duggett, somebody at TCU has has pissed off Kirby Smart. I mean, Kirby Smart is 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 working on his vertical passing game up thirty five points, and then all of a sudden he's working on he's working on his nickel defenders timing all on us for for a a, a a blitz up up fifty two or fifty nine to seven. I mean, it didn't have to be this bad, man. They they didn't have to they didn't have to do them like that. Somebody pissed somebody off along the way. You know how you go. I remember this right here. I remember we played Texas in the Cotton Bowl back in the day. And I remember, you know how in the, in the, in the bowl games you do events with the other teams. I, I'm pretty sure they probably don't do that here. But you do events and you do banquets and shit with the other team. Mm-hmm. Chris Sims, Chris Sims and them Texas Longhorns act like their shit didn't stink for a damn week. And we were madder than a hornet when we went out there and played them boys. We didn't, we didn't beat them by 59 points, but but it, it definitely was added incentive to go out there and play hard. Them damn TCU Horn Frogs, they pissed somebody off, didn't they? Somebody. Georgia? I'll go with you hacking it, and then I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll add my little parsley on the back end of it. Yeah, I mean, Clint, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, they got 600 yards of offense to TCU's like 170 or something like that. It. This is insane. I don't think I've ever seen anything like this. And I think it's going to be a damn long time before we see anything like this again from a national championship perspective. Um, you know, I don't I don't want to discredit what TCU did this year. Uh, I thought that overall you watched, and I said this in the pregame show, one of the coolest transformations and finding of oneself uh, from a team standpoint. Uh, but ultimately they ran into a, a Georgia team and whether or not this Georgia team was motivated or pissed off by something that did get out, um, they ran into something that was – I mean, this looks like the damn Little Giants um, playing the – playing the playing uh, what, what was that guy's name? Icebox and the, and the Cowboys. Um, it was uh, – this was this was insane. Uh, I mean, I'm at a loss for words. I couldn't even imagine trying to call this game. I couldn't imagine being – you talked about it, George. Kirk Herbstreet and those guys trying to call this game. This is tough. Uh, tough to watch. Um, hey, heck, right about now, right about now, if me and you was calling this game, we'd be we'd be talking about Max Duggan's girlfriend and and uh, yeah. and Stetson Bennett's mama. That'd be the topic of conversation <laughs> right now. <laughs> I'm telling you what, man. That's it's, it, dude. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't know what to do. The uh, hey, I, I am George. Real quick, I am proud of my boy Max Duggan. He's having a rough night. But I am damn proud of him. That's Ginger Nation, baby. You see that red hair? He keeps running his fingers through. I mean, I, I'm damn proud of that that Ginger right there, able to able to not only quarterback in a national championship game and, and overcome all them odds, but he somehow stumbled into a beautiful woman along the way. Man, that's that Ginger Nation. That's oh, yeah. that that's that power, baby. That Ginger Nation. Come on, I see you, Max. Is that still Ginger? Oh, it's Ginger. You put. We mean steel. The oh, hell do you mean steel? I'm trying to. The light didn't. You know, well, you know these like you know these filters and shit. They yeah, don't do you right. Let that let that sun hit this baby. It's that nice Aubrey. A lot of women out there, George. A lot of women out there pay high dollar to have this stuff right here now. Oh yeah, there's a market for it, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, I tell you, yes, what, sir. I I've never seen a market for an ass whooping like this. <laughs> I really haven't. From a football side, I thought one watching TCU 
battle and beat Michigan, probably sobered Georgia up a little bit last week for the week of preparation. And then they got here based on an Ohio State missed field goal. Now, they won the game, but Ohio they were in a position. They were in a vulnerable position in the last play of the game. It either goes in or doesn't go in. Now they're here, and that's enough. That's sobering right there. Both those two things. These guys we're going to come up against beat a team we thought we were going to have a rematch against. Yeah, look, I mean, gee, when you're, when you're talking about this game, I mean, you know, you knew coming into it, right, that that TCU was going to need to catch a couple of breaks. Yeah. And, and instead of them catching the breaks, they not only didn't catch the breaks, hell, they turned around and gave Georgia two of them early in the ball game. They don't and, need and that, you, you just – you're not going to – if you're TCU, if you're a Big 12 football team, if you're a Pac-12 football team, you're you're not going to play an elite Big 10 or an elite SEC team and, and be able to go out there and, and hand them an early lead and hand them turnovers early in the ballgame. You're, you're going to have to get a couple yourself, and you're going to have to go blow for blow. You look at this ballgame, it was 24-7, to 7, and TCU had the ball – and and they had a great call um, with the uh, Quentin Johnston kids. Quentin Johnston kid running right down the middle of the field versus cover two, and it was that wide cover two where they invert the safety down. Oh, kick yeah. a, I mean, it was beautiful. The receiver read it perfectly. The quarterback didn't. If he hits him in stride at six, he threw it over his outside shoulder. It ended up being a pick. That right there, to me, that right there was when the game got completely out of control. I don't control. even know if he. I just thought he just got back there, he, saw a flash of white, and just said, "I just chuck it down there. Please make a play." It's it, it was the same coverage. Gee, it was the same exact coverage that I think it was Philly. It was it was a pick that Dak Prescott threw over the middle of the field, and and I I when I saw it, I thought it was like a quarters coverage and a safety just sitting because that has safety just sat at the snap. But they it's had actually. He's spying too, though. He's coming down and spying, and they're kicking another a corner, a corner. over the top. It ends up being a cover two. Invert. It ends yeah. up being a Tampa two invert is what it ends up being. So yeah. instead of the middle linebacker running the middle of the field, they shift the safety down and swing one over the top, and you have cover two with that middle that middle uh, two Tampa defender. And, and so it's just a, but the, the receivers because of the safeties coming the the middle defenders coming out of, out of a, out of center field he's coming from high. The safeties play ultra wide. Right. And so it, I mean, it's a home run if you can hit it, if you can ID it and you can hit it down the middle, it's an absolute home run. And they just they the quarterback didn't see the coverage. He got fooled, which hell. I mean, that's the disguise wild, is awesome, man. Wildly yeah. inaccurate. They needed that, not just from a tactical standpoint to get that. I mean, it's a touchdown if he throws it on time. It's a it's a 50 yard completion if it's anywhere decent. But yeah. you also needed that for fight purposes, for fuel, yeah. for your sideline. You needed that <clears> overhand <throat> right. It's one thing to be taking shots, but I'm also trading some back with you. But we, but to feel, to feel that you you're landing some stuff, it gives your defense a little something. It gives everybody on the sideline a little something. When that pick and the safety was like, is he really? The safety was tracking with. Uh, Johnson, he steps back two steps, makes the pick. Yeah. Oh man, they they were so complete. They were so complete tonight. And again, line of scrimmage, 
te- like Bennett, clean pockets. They had to respect the run game. There were times, I think it was into the early third quarter, certainly all the first half, Georgia averaged 10 yards of play, 10 yards a clip. And they're not doing a whole bunch of exotics. ISO, the- stretch, power, uh, a the- couple counters. The other crazy thing about that, though, too, George, is that, I mean, Georgia did catch themselves in a couple, I mean, a, a f- quite a few third and longs. I mean, third and eight pluses. Yeah. But it was like no flinch, man. They just were like, all right, cool. We're going to play seven on seven here. And Stetson just delivered. I mean, it was even when TCU thought they had them on the ropes and thought they had them behind the sticks and this no. was a turnover possibility, it was just a dagger over the middle to Brock Bowers. It was like a clockwork. Dagger. Let's go it to was that. like clockwork. Because I, I have been chief among them saying Bennett is really driving an army tank. And he is. But he is also a very good driver of that tank. It's never in a ditch. He threw a dart on a dagger. I think it came from left to right. Second window shot. But he threw with conviction, Clint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he gets guys wide open. I think his first or second touchdown to – uh I forget what 84's name was. I mean, that dude, just get it in his vicinity. But he, he when he does put his foot in the ground with that experience you guys have been talking about and throws with conviction, you know what that's like when you feel something and you're like, press the button, smash the button, let's go with it. He is at that level now. He is at that level now. With this team, with this system, I know what my coaches want me to do. I know what my guys are supposed to be. I'm running this shit. I'm running this shit. Hey, gee, gee, I I really am. I really am interested in seeing what this two-year run does for Stetson Bennett at the next level. I I I really am. I I know he's undersized. I think you couple. I think you couple his size along with how small Bryce Young is. And I'm not putting him in the same category as Bryce Young. I'm just saying size is going to be something that people look at as we move forward here and aren't aren't just over concerned with and I'm gonna be honest with you I, I was the first guy a year ago damn near to the date where they were leaning on Stetson Bennett to throw the ball about 11 times a ball game before the SEC championship last year yeah, since that since that game he has he has come out and lit it up and I'm gonna be honest with you man like tonight I'm watching that ball game and He's spinning the ball around the park really, really, really well. I, I don't think we give him credit enough for – I'm talking about the arm strength, the arm talent, throwing the ball off platform. I mean, it's not next It's not next level. It's not all world. It's not – but, man, he's spinning that son of a bitch, man. Oh, I mean, it, it's impressive. It's solid. I don't know how much his ceiling is, but his floor keeps getting – Better and better and better and better and better. You like you could put yeah. him up yeah. there. You know what you've got. Is, is there a comp to him in the NFL? I mean, he's Ooh. headed in that direction. Age wise, it's Lamar Jackson. Hell, he's he's as old as a couple of guys that have been there for four years, isn't he? That's right. Re- <laughs> really, truly, Stetson Bennett, Lamar Jackson, the same age. Hack, you talked a little bit yeah. about that as being an asset though coming in. Yeah, no, I think he's I think he's a huge asset. I think his age is an asset. I think his experience is an asset. And I think the confidence he has right now is massive for him. And to your point, I don't I don't think anybody's drafting Stetson Bennett to be their franchise guy, right? 
but I think they're drafting Stetson Bennett as an asset to their football team, a guy who knows how to win, who's been in a winning culture. Right. Um, who, to your point, though, Clint, isn't going to necessarily – he's not, like, deficient enough to where you're sitting there going, like, this guy can't play. I mean, there's guys on Sundays playing right now that he he could do what they do and how they do it. It's just I think that element of, like, keeping him confident, getting him in a building and understanding his role, he could play for a really long time as that guy that's just in your in your quarterback room, smart, tough, competitive, yeah. going to push people. And then if he has to play two or three games, he's going to win you ball games. And who the hell knows? He might run into a situation where he gets a run, gets hot, turns into a Kirk Cousins or a Case Keenum type of situation. Or, or a Brock Purdy. Yeah, Good right. Time. Or a Brock Purdy. Yeah. I mean, you know if what he Brock get, Purdy's doing. 100%, man. If he gets in the right situation, it'll be great for him. But I think either way, with his skill set, his experience that he has in his career at this point, a lot of NFL GMs are looking at him as a valuable asset to their team. Yeah. just as a really good safety bet hey, that they're never going to have to overpay for. Heck, you're spot on, man. I mean, look, I'm, Skyler Thompson just won a damn game and got a team into the playoffs. Yep. I mean, Sam Brock, Pur Brock Purdy's out there balling. Yep. Yeah. I, I tell you, I, I'll tell you, I've got you one. We've been talking a lot about small quarterbacks here in Houston because we were hoping the Texans get the number, number one overall pick and take Bryce Young. I, I liken him to Russell Wilson. Who? Stetson Bennett. Interesting. I mean, that's a that's a high ceiling. I'm just saying a guy that we've seen play a lot. You're talking yeah. about a guy that he's not going to just camp out in the pocket and throw your route tree to the – he's not going to throw the comeback to the wide side of the field consistently. A guy you're going to have to move around a little bit undersized. He gives you an advantage. Hell, he outran a damn uh, a, a college yeah. ball playoff linebacker in a, in, a, in a fast defense from TCU. Outran him on a third and ten tonight for yeah. 12 yards. I mean, like to me, that's kind of the ceiling for a guy like Stetson Bennett. You get in the right system where all the pieces are in place. The expectation is for you to be a backup. And then all of a sudden the starter goes down and your intangibles kick in and you're able to just, like you said, drive the ship. Uh, I, I just. Yeah. He's I, got I, a lot of Fitzy to him. Like it's like it's like Fitzpatrick. And yeah, like he like reminds it. me a lot of a guy who played before me at Penn State and Matt McGloin, who went on, he won a couple games for the Raiders. Like he's just like fiery as shit. Guys are gonna play for him. And Kate, he's got like Kate, yeah, he's just got yeah. remember Keenum got hot against the Vikings for the Vikings. Yeah. Uh, he, hey, here's the thing too, though, George, and this all both like there's not very many guys that can do this and, and are this lucky. But what this cat's done the last two years. What Stetson Bennett has done the last two years, when he walks into a, a an NFL locker room, nobody's going to look at him and go, man, look at that little bitty shit. Who is that guy walking in the door? No. Yeah. They're all going to go over there and be like, hey, man, respect. What yeah. I just watched you do the last two years, man, respect. Good yeah, to have every, you in the locker room. Every yep. NFL player is watching tonight. No question. They're all off. It's college football's night tonight. And once again, on the biggest night, back-to-back -back years, this dude, this dude is the one to, to close the curtain down. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's this- it, isn't, it, isn't it crazy to think that that's where we're at? I mean, literally a year ago, I'm going, this son bitch is throwing the ball 11 times a game. And now I'm sitting here and I honestly feel like watching him play and watching him spin the football. If he was 6'3", if he was 6'3", 6'4", yeah, yeah, he'd be yeah. right there with Will Levis and and and, uh, and CJ and Bryce right now. So let me ask yeah. you this then. We kind of talked about it a little bit earlier, Clint. We were kind of BSing, but I don't think you heard the question. I want to get it from both you guys. Who gets drafted higher, him or Max Duggan? Ooh. I, I bet you it's him. Just off of... Uh, the intangibles—is that what you're saying? He's so intangible, rich, resume rich. Yeah, I mean, you're just the, the resume. Resume rich is the right way to put it. I mean, Max is, has been impressive for a year. Stetson's blown it out of the water for two. Uh, I, I think I think Stetson throws the football better than Max um, right now. I, I, I think he's I think he's as as impressive as not if not more impressive throwing the football. I think the resume. I think the way the ball comes off his hand. Um, I think all of that is is going to push him ahead of Max Duggan. I think uh, that that's that's my opinion. I'm not slighting Max in any way, shape, or form. I just think Stetson. You want to talk about somebody that's, that's made himself some money? I know we talked a lot about C.J. Stroud's game against Georgia, yeah. and, and and while it was a great game, it was the best ball that I've seen C.J. Stroud play. And I think I think C.J. Stroud established himself as the number two in this draft with that performance. It was lights out. I, I mean, I'm I'm in on C.J. Stroud being an NFL quarterback now. Um, from that, just I'm talking about being able to do it all. Um, when, when you look at at what he was able to do, um, like I think that was impressive. But I, I'll, I'll say that Stetson Bennett has done more for his draft stock over the last three or four ball games than anybody in the country. I agree because he went yeah. from kind of a really cool, nice, notable free agent earlier in the year, mid year, to now. I still don't think he's going to be a first day. No, no. Stetson? be a second day guy. I think he'd be like round five, six, seven to a playoff team with a nice veteran quarterback and a winning coach go in there and get situated. Let me ask you guys this question. If we switched quarterbacks tonight, what would the result look like? Stetson comes out leading TCU's attack. Duggan, as if dogs, if dogs, would be, if dogs would be eating frog legs anyway. You slice yeah. it, yeah. yeah. We, we talked about this earlier on the pregame show, too. Like, I, I mean, it, I, I said this, I think the quarterback position is the most dependent position in sports. You're only as good as you're only as good as what's around you, top to bottom, from play calling, management, culture, and then the playmakers around you. And I think you give Duggan what, what, what Stetson's had the benefit of, 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 of having. I think 
he wins this game and we're talking about him right now. Right. And that's not slighting Stetson. He's obviously maximized his opportunities, but to me, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think, I think the whole situation was, was leaning towards Georgia in the first place. Stetson's just been a beneficiary of that. And he's done some things on his own to also, you know, expand upon it and, and create some separation. But I think Max would have benefited the same way. Uh, speaking of Max, what did this playoff run do for him? He got hot in the Big 12 championship game. I mean, he really carried him, and, and he's got a story too now. He's already been a, a predominant starter for the last two seasons before Coach Dykes gets there. Coach Dykes comes in, evaluates uh, both quarterbacks in camp. Max, you're two. First game, football dictated. Max, you're back to one. And then he goes on this run against Kansas State. He looked like Tebow. They kept calling him Tebow, Tebow, Tebow. Michigan, he didn't have so much of that William Wallace to him, but he led. Made the big plays when he needed to. He, he's still not like a high-volume thrower. Uh, more of like a home run, strikeout, home run, foul off, home run type of guy. Yeah, yeah. Hey, gee, to me, he's – we watched, and you brought him up earlier, Hack. To me, he's, he's very Sam Howish to me. Oh, love, love something going deep, but either not the patience or processing to work his way across a full field read type of deal or accuracy. And then they don't really even play like that. I'd be curious what the offense looks like. If, if, if Is this system tailored to him or is he doing what Dykes wanted? Like the Dykes want to play this way. You don't really. Well, I mean, it, I mean, it, it don't. I mean, it don't matter ultimately. I mean, it, it, it's a it's a heavy air raid system that they're playing in. That shit ain't that shit ain't going to translate to the NFL. I think his game does, though. Right. Yeah. I mean, I I think his game to me, his game stylistically is very Sam Howe. His game stylistically is 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 very. And I know people frown upon this, but but it, it it's it, it's silly to do so. It's very Baker Mayfieldish. Um, in, in my better opinion, athlete than those two guys, though, is I, he? I think he's a better athlete, and I think they're more accurate than him. I, I don't even know what his comp would be. I like where you're going. That's I yeah, I, look, I, I don't. I mean, I just remember Sam Howell being a guy that that was was thought to be more athletic than Baker, a little bit more athletic than Baker. I, I, and I, I just don't know that. Like, I don't watch Duggan and go, boy, that athletic ability is going to translate to the NFL. Like, he's going to have to. He's going to have to play on time and in rhythm, and, and then he's going to if he if, if he does he, move, it's extending plays. It's not doing what we're watching him do, running his running that damn breed. Yeah, and he didn't do that all day today. He didn't do that all night tonight, and that's that was part of the. I mean, I, even going back to that post you, that he missed that you were talking about, Clint. Like he hadn't settled in, and that was a situation where he got moved off his spot. He had the time to set himself and make that throw. But he just – he didn't do it. He, he was all leaned back and way out of rhythm, way out of whack, way off center. But he had time to gather it, but he could just never settle in. And real pure passers, in my opinion, accurate passers, no matter what happens in that type of situation, they it, throughout the game, they still find a way to get back into rhythm. He just yeah. never could do that. That's going to be a real challenge for him. And, and yeah. I was going to try to say Daniel Jones, but Daniel Jones – I mean no, – he. He might have had well, downs, but Daniel, I don't think he's that level. I'd be curious. I do think no, he drafts him and gets him to camp. 
Oh yeah, yeah. No, I de- definitely. I think the problem the problem with what they do, and to me, this is an air raid. This is an air raid quarterback problem relative to quarterbacks translating to the NFL. Is like you can tell how Max plays. It's literally catch the snap, and there's no rhythm or timing. It's 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 that's the void we want to get to. This receiver, this receiver, take whatever route you need to to get there, and when you get there, I'm gonna give you the ball. And so you're back there just like there's no rhythm, there's no one hitch, there's no steps, there's no clock in the head. It's just literally I'm gonna hold this thing as long as I can, or as long as it takes you to get to that spot. I, I mean, you never can. T- that translated really, really well for a guy named Pat Mahomes. Yeah. Now, he's still playing that free willy shit, and he's the only one that can do it. He does it at a championship level. So now everybody wants to do it. So I think it's I, I think it's bad for football in general, but but he's doing it, and he's doing it at a championship level. So it, it, it can be done, obviously. That uh yeah, it'll take a real creative coach and somebody who says, you know, we'll give him a chance. Come have a seat over here and let, let's start letting you cut your teeth and we'll get you in when we can, type of situation. Let's um, swing back to Stetson Bennett here, and then I want to ask you both about what this does for Georgia and TCU going forward. Uh, You know, TCU, king of Texas, Georgia, I mean, king of the free world and king of the part of the world that ain't free. Uh, Stetson Bennett, if you're Stetson Bennett, how are you spending the next 48 hours? Just like I did last year, baby. The, 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 my favorite, my favorite Stetson Bennett moment of all time is when I, I don't know why I was up early that next morning, but I flipped the TV on and he's on Good Morning America and he is fresh off the streets. Oh. <laughs> he I don't. Know, my guys, but my guy's got a one up it this year. He's got, oh, he's got to have, he's got to have a beer still in his hand, ready to keep it rolling or something. Uh, he's got a one up it this year. I, hey, Hack, did you see that shit though, Hack? Oh, if you didn't fall in love with Stetson Bennett in that moment right there, then hell, I don't know. I, I think you got bad taste, man. I, I tell you, yeah. that 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 was it. That was it for me, man. I it look, look I, that that's one that's you know that's one thing that I really like about this kid, man. It is, you know, a lot of kids get in that situation, and it's almost a turnoff because it's a look at me, it's a gloat, it's a, and maybe that's fair, maybe it's not, maybe it's the media doing it to him. But for some reason with Stetson, I, I truly – like, I get the vibe that it's just like, man, I just – I live my dream being a Georgia Bulldog quarterback, and and we just went back-to-back national titles. I cannot believe this is happening to me. Like, I I really see that when I when I watch him. It's it's cool to watch, man. It's like he's a, every frat boy's icon. No question. <laughs> well, no question. It, not all quarterbacks – like the two of you couldn't walk into a frat house and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, you must be one of us. You're different. Right. <laughs> they don't have shoulders like you guys. They're not 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, and he walk into a frat house and drop his little ball cap down. Hit right in. His flannel sleeves like how they do. Oh, man. Hey, yo. Pitch him a beer. Pitch one back. You know, do the whole cr- – Hey, hey, what room are you in? He's like, oh, I don't know. This is every frat dude's dream because they're all saying the same thing. Well, it's the same as us. Hell, yeah. he's playing cornhole here last week. Like, there's too many relatable things to him. And they talked about that like that a little bit with Manziel. But Manziel, he, he's still different. This dude right here, every frat dude looks at him and is like, oh, hell. Yeah, that's, that's they respect him 
And I, I know they, they got to think the world of him like we all do. But if he's in the frat house, he, he's one of us. He's easily one of us. I, doesn't he stay in L.A. tonight, next couple of days, do a little Leno, do a little, you know, hang No, on. no question. Let no the, question. Got to. Let the team have a PJ waiting for me. I'll get back when I get back. I got some things I can, you know. Hey, man. Hey, look, if, I, if I'm Stetson Bennett – I'm getting me. I, I'm 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 pulling a uh, uh, Caleb Williams. I'm gonna call Caleb and say, "Hey man, how'd you do it?" Yep. Hey man, I got the, I got the penthouse suite. I got all my fellas' rooms on the same floor. Yep. We, we stayed for two three days, and I'm gonna go do all the shows in L.A. And then I'm gonna have that PJ waiting, and we're gonna fly to New York. We're gonna do all the shows in New York. We'll spend yep. us two nights in New York in a penthouse suite up there, and we're just gonna have a nice little four or five day vacation. And I'm gonna try, and we're gonna try and get back to Vegas in a week. <laughs> hey, I tell you what, he better take that damn McConkie kid and, and that damn uh, Bowers kid because they made some big time catches tonight, didn't they? And I'm taking mm -hmm. my linemen. I'm gonna take y'all over to a little, you know, little surf shop, get them all some teas. I'm rolling <laughs> with, I'm rolling with the crew. I'm hey, he's owning the moment right now, man. Stetson, Stetson <laughs> Bennett is owning the moment right now, man. You better hey, – hey, Stetson, take your ass over there and get your mama out of the stands and get her down there with you, man. She's probably already down there. No, nah, they just showed her. She's up in the stands filming from her phone, man. Come on. Yeah, that's a good point. Let me ask you guys this. To the teams, what's this do now for Georgia? What kind of chokehold now do they have? We talked about the, the, the Pollock, David Pollock squaring up to, to, to Coach Saban on the uh, pregame set and telling him on the national TV, Georgia runs college football now. Remember that uh, – what's the Tom Hanks movie? I love that movie. Uh, he's <laughs> Captain Phillips. Captain Phillips. <laughs> the, uh, the little African dude was on there, and he made his way on there with that little rickety boat, and he said, hey, 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 I am the captain now. I am yeah. That is the deal right now for the Bulldogs. Is there much shift? Because I think the only thing that probably neutralizes this is the NIL. You know, that I, yeah. or, or, or does yeah. this further drive them away from or out ahead of the rest of college football? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, I mean, they, they were already ahead of college football and, and, and starting to separate with Clemson struggling with Alabama. Look, I, I don't think Alabama is struggling, but if you, it, I mean, look, they lost, they lost two ball games by four points guys. I mean, they very easily could have been in, the, in this mix, Correct. Um, but well, let's be, let's be honest. If we watch Alabama, they are not the dominant force that they once were period point blank. Um, and so I think Georgia was, if we're being completely honest, and, and this has done nothing but validate it, I think Georgia was already the best and already separating themselves. But but I, I do I do want to pump the brakes just a little bit based off tonight's ball game. 
that was an absolute skull dragon. Um, I, I don't want to, to be a, a prisoner of the moment and, and act like Georgia just now is so far separated themselves that nobody can, can get with them. I believe Ohio State's right there with them. I believe Clemson will be right back there with them. I believe Alabama will be right back there with them. And I believe USC's coming. I believe Oregon's coming. I believe there's teams that'll be right there nipping at their heels. Um, I don't want to over, I don't want to over, I, I don't overvalue tonight. Hell of a performance. Um, but, and, and also on the flip side of it though, G, like I, I I hope, and, and, and like I, I'm, I'm a little bit bothered by the whole TCU. This is why you should pick the best teams instead of the four that that with the best records and make sure you know. You know, come on, man. We we just we just watched TCU tonight was bad, but we just watched TCU beat the team that everybody thought was the only other no brainer in the college football playoffs. We just watched them beat them last week. So but, while this is ugly, let's not minimize what they were able to do last week in terms of people alone. Not to minimize, but Michigan left 21 points on the one-yard line. How many self-inflicted wounds did they have? Sometimes no. teams can get beat, and sometimes teams beat themselves. Which one do you think was Michigan last week? Oh, no, yeah, no, I, I agree. Michigan, Michigan did some things that they shot themselves in the foot. But I, I'm just – and we can we can get we can literally spend time breaking down every single game, but but I, I I just think I me personally I think it is I think it's wrong I I think it's I think it's unfair to not give credit where credit's due. They got skull drug tonight, no question about it. Um, but, but they earned they, earn, they earn the ability they earned the opportunity for them to get skull drugs. Yes, yeah. that's, that's <laughs> hey, but heck, heck, I I think I, I what I feel like, and, and we talked about this, uh, uh, George. We talked about this last uh, last week, or, or yeah, it was last week. Like I tell you what they did, hack. In my opinion, TCU earned the right to not be talked about like they didn't belong when right. they beat Michigan. Yeah. yeah. Now tonight makes that a hard ass conversation. <laughs> And a hard yeah. point. It makes it difficult for me to make that point. But I, I don't know, man. They went. They, they beat. Go it ahead, George. Happened in the finals, though. Yeah, you know, it didn't. This didn't happen in the semifinals. This happened in the finals. Let's just go to that real quick. Let's go to Clint's point. Hack, I'll go. I'll, I'll go with you first. Yeah, just Who about saltiest. Which of these three programs? And if there's another one, tell me. Yeah. Who's the saltiest tonight? Michigan who gave away, and I don't want to disrespect TCU, but so many questionable tactical decisions, so many plays left on the field. Michigan, I'm just going to say it, who, who potentially gave it away to TCU last week. Ohio State, who had the game, missed the go-ahead field goal to beat the eventual champs, and they saw what the game wound up being. Or Alabama, who didn't even get a face Georgia this year, Clint. And as you pointed out, lost two ball games on expiring plays, both on the road. Who's the saltiest of the three tonight? Or who could be the saltiest? In my opinion, it's Ohio State. Just because of the situation. And I'm going to try to take what happened tonight out of it because, again, I agree with you, Clint. I think, I think this was one of those outliers in terms of an ultimate result for a lot of reasons you you highlighted a lot in terms of why TCU belonged 
And I just think Georgia came out and and played. Uh, it, it was a game with a team that had been there, done that, and another team that was a deer in headlights all night long. Um, but I think Ohio State having taken this Georgia team to the wire and then the way that they came out here and played against TCU, I think Ohio State would have came out with the same type of fire and prepared. I don't think it would have been this type of result, but I do think that it would have favored Ohio State similarly to how it favored Georgia, at least pregame. So um, if I, if I'm sitting there at home, you know, Ohio state, especially because of how they lost to Michigan and especially how, how, how well they played against this Georgia team. I think Ohio state's probably the ones that are sitting there biting themselves, but at the same token, I also think that gives Ohio state a little bit more heading into this off season as well. I think, mm-hmm. I think Michigan has a little bit that they got to overcome and I think Bama's got a little bit that they got to overcome, but I think Ohio State's got a little bit more heading in this offseason now where they're like, all right, like we were there, and especially Ryan Day. Talk about a guy who's had a lot of really good football teams, a lot of really good players, and just hasn't quite gotten over that hump like like Urban did and and like Trestle before him did. So he's got to figure out a way how to, how to do that. And I think, you know, as bitter as it is and as, as shitty as it is that they lost um, – they're salty, but I also think it's it's it works in a positive with the way that you know Ohio State probably operates and the way that they do things. So, um, but if you, if you're picking out of those three, I got I got the Buckeyes sitting there a little bit sour. Clint, yeah, I I I'd go with Alabama. I mean, like I said, losing two ball games by a total of four points, not getting in, not getting a shot at Georgia, um, and and feeling like. You know, you're sitting watching this ball game right here. You feel like you definitely belong more so than TCU. So I, probably, probably Alabama for me. Um, it's, but but I mean, look, you could you could pick. I mean, you you're not wrong if you pick any of them. I, I would just ride with Alabama, given the fact that how this national championship game turned out, and and how you know I, I feel like when when here's the deal is, I mean. Here's how I prefer to look at this thing. Like, I think when you look at how it all unfolded, right, I think it was a pretty damn good outcome. You look at Michigan blew the doors off Ohio State. Don't need to get off in the weeds and how it happened. Just, just it's simple. It's, it's It happened, right? TCU turns around and beats Michigan. Again, don't need to get off in the weeds. It happened, Right. Ohio State comes back and plays Georgia, should have beat Georgia, missed a field goal that that looked like I was kicking the son of a bitch. But but if you make that, if you make that, then all of a sudden we've got a round robin game of who's Correct. who's your best team. Correct. Now it's tonight man meme. Right. Tonight muddies the waters big time because you know, team got skull drug. But really, in all these different head-to-head matchups, did a pretty good job of of, of getting teams in there. Yeah, they did. And, and that's why when we do move to a 12-team playoff, as this is brought to you by Field of 12, College Football After Dark, uh, it is going to be interesting to watch a team try to make a run, a four-game run. That's what it's going to take. That's what it's going to take. I mean, just think about the physicality and the attrition. Especially if you don't belong in the Big Ten, if you don't play in the Big Ten or in Jurassic Park, and and you got to try to go up against the twelve best teams, and you may have to run through an SEC team round one and a Big Ten team round two, what will you have left? That this is going to be a good a good question because the Big Twelve, you didn't hear a whole bunch about that 
or or at least I didn't catch a whole bunch about that. How the Big Twelve, like, was this an indictment against the league, or was this a, the the league's opportunity to kind of come in here and get up on the big stage? We haven't seen a Big Twelve team in the national championship since Vince Young in Texas. Am I right on that? Yeah, so yeah, hell yeah. That's I know. Oh, you? Oh, did OU get to one or no? Uh, no, I think those they guys lost in the playoffs. They lost in the semis, I think. In the semis, Baker got him in. I think maybe Jalen did too. Uh, so the Big Twelve hadn't been here in a minute. Uh, but you know, the, the, I don't know if it's style of ball or just those two teams or just TCU found itself in there with the White Walkers. Where now we're going back to that Game of Thrones, you know. Uh, well, I, I mean, analogy, yeah. look, look, gee, I mean, here's the deal. I mean, here's what, what I think we can surmise, right, is at, at the end of the day, if an air raid team is going to win a national championship, they are going to have to have the elite of the elitists. It's going to have to be Caleb Williams and and two or three of the best wide receivers in all of football with a with a a, a really good dominant defense on the other side of the ball. The, the bottom line is I think what's been proven since the college football playoff got there with OU getting to the playoffs several times with TCU getting there and making a run um who else who else got there in, in this era is is they get there and it just it's it's too much of a bloodbath for that style of football. And the and only, so, only scenario you're talking about is Joe Burrow's LSU team. But they had killers on which, defense. Correct. Yeah. Which was a de facto uh air raid, but they finished the season with the nation's number one offensive line. They got the Joe Moore Award. They had how many guys on defense to Hack's point get drafted? I didn't know. I didn't know Joe. I didn't know Joe Brady was an air raid guy. Uh, he's no. not. But I'm saying when you're back there throwing it 45, 48, 50 times a game. I, well, maybe not air raid, but your your air game leads you. How many national championship teams have we seen that with? Most have been balanced. Even Clemson was for 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 all the spotlight on Trevor. They were still running the ball. Etn and all the rest of these guys. They were still running the ball for 150, 200 yards. Oh, yeah. Well, those are – I mean, when you look at, like, Gus Malzahn and you look at Dabo Sweeney, those are all the power spread systems. Um, and, and then you look at at Nick Saban. He, he is more of really his own kind of a pro-style hybrid system um, that, that he just – he like, I wonder what he's going to do now that Alex Mortensen left and Bill O'Brien's going to leave. Who in the hell is going to teach his offense to the next offensive coordinator – that comes in and that's going to be interesting. But then you think O'Brien's leaving? Oh yeah, yeah, hell yeah. So where? I think I think he's going. I, I think he's going to go to New England, back to New England to be the OC at New England. Who? Yeah. But but I also heard that today that uh, I heard today that Brable is interested in him being the OC at Tennessee because Tennessee Titans just can't just uh, fired their OC as well. I saw something on, on a quick aside on the Titans. All their games look the same. <laughs> All yeah. their games look the same. They either won at 24-20 or they lost at 24-20. Yeah. All their games, all physical, all downhill. It's in the mid-fourth quarter. Here comes Henry. He either fell forward a couple times or he got pushed back a couple times. 
Yeah, George. Back back to our back to like the the air raid stuff though is is different. Like any to me, any kind of and we we hit on it a little bit earlier. Like when when I'm more physical than you as a wide receiver, and I know in order for this system to work, you got to get to that void over there. You know, let's say two yards outside the hash and ten yards down the field. Right. If I if I'm physical and I get in your face and I make I force you inside and I push you way down inside and I'm by doing that by just by design by doing that I'm making the quarterback do this correct time and now and now I got a defense there's no timing there's no rhythm there's no progression now I've got it now all of a sudden I've got a D line that's bigger than my guys up front Bama Georgia's Clemson's uh, of the world and now all of a sudden my quarterback's getting pressured. Like I, I just I don't know. You gotta be you gotta be a bad, bad man, coach, to make that right there work two times in a college ball playoffs. I mean, you gotta be cold blooded. I, I I just I I just don't know that that that's gonna that's gonna get it done ultimately. We'll see, we'll see if Lincoln Riley and USC can do it. He's got to bolster that defense in a major way, but I just don't know if that's gonna get it done. I know we're way off in the weeds here talking schematics and shit, but um, that that's just – TCU may have been the best chance for an air raid team to win a national title that we're going to see. Well, let's stay with TCU. Hack, we talked about this earlier. Twelve Division One programs in the state of Texas. That's, you know, football America down there. It was their brand – that was the national championship game. It was their brand that was all over everyone's airwaves for the last, really the last month. Big 12 championship, had a little break. Here comes Michigan. Then we go up against Georgia. They were the ones that brought the state flag in. And they're the only team from the state of Texas to ever make the college football playoffs. And they did it in a four-teamer. Because here, pretty soon, I don't know how prestigious it is when we start talking about these, when the, the deal expands 300%, then what happens? But it was only TCU that was able to do all this. And again, this wasn't a once-in-a-generation team like an LSU team or those Bama teams. These guys were down seven or eight times at halftime this year. Yeah. How big of a stride and how big of a mark can they maintain off of, off of this past month going forward in Texas where it counts for them? I, I mean, I think they're going to have to. I, I obviously, I think that this performance is going to hinder that a little bit. But to your point, when you look at the body of work, it's going to come down to how Sonny Dykes and that staff hits the road and how they portray it, right? Like, hey, you know, it, it, they're going to have some explaining to do. But um, that's had they can't. In, in my opinion, had they come in and 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 give it a little bit more of a, a fight here, it would have been a different story. But um, the way they lost, I think they 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 took a little bit of a step back from that. But to your point, mm-hmm. so if I was evaluating, like I, I got a team that just played for a national championship, I couldn't name three of their quarterbacks on their roster outside of Max Duggan. Right. Um, like I, I'm looking for a place where I can go in, plug myself in, play right now. Like TCU's got a great chance, right? And they got there if they if they hit on some of those things, they hit on some transfer portals. Like they can get themselves in that situation where they can then start filling the coverts, and it becomes a standard of you come here, you get developed, you bid your time, and it goes into what exactly what Kirby Smart's done at Georgia, it, what Nick, what Nick Saban set the blueprint for for all these other programs that Dabo's then followed at, Cle- at Clemson. You go down the list, 
like to get to me to get to where we're talking about a consistent national championship contender you can't just have talent that's cyclical and you can't just have talent that that is that is that is one and done type of shit like you need to you need to have longevity in there and you need to have a cover filled with guys who can come in and play talent wise whether it's proven or unproven guys who have the talent to be able to come out and compete with these other programs so um you know for me yeah, TCU would grab my eye, but I could also argue that Texas A&M could grab my eye right now too because of what they the, the success they've had. And then, like you said, Texas with with Arch and 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 Quinn Ewers right there now, and kind of where they're going. Like, it's just a different vibe, man. And like, I I, I was a blue collar kid. I kind of buy into that blue collar, hardworking mentality. So, it you know it, it depend on the conversations I had. But to I think the point that you're trying to drive home is is TCU does have a great opportunity to both. Mm-hmm fill the coffers in the recruiting on the recruiting trail, as well as in the transfer portal. And that's a luxury that no one's really had uh, pre-transfer portal to get immediate impact players right now on campus while also bringing along that stable of youth that you're going to develop into your own and ultimately be pillars of your program. Same. Hey, well, Clint, go ahead, Clint. Cause I also want to ask you, you're in Texas. You work with these young quarterbacks. It's really young players in general. You know these high school coaches and the hotbeds, so you know where this thing drifts. How hot is is TCU's brand, even with us promoting the hell out of them in the state? We're not in Texas. You are. Well, the, the fact of the matter is TCU's getting a visit this year where they wouldn't have two years ago. That that's ultimately to me, if you're asked, like I'm gonna rank them. Being a kid that grew up here, if I were coming out, if I had a kid coming out, I'd go Texas, Texas AM, and TCU. But the reality of it is right now, I'm just talking historically over all the years of of where do I feel like myself or my son, if he were a quarterback, could go and be surrounded by the best talent. I believe if all those schools are hitting on all cylinders, I believe it's Texas, Texas AM, and then TCU. But the, 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 what, what, what matters to this conversation is that TCU for the next 12 to 24 months is going to be in that conversation, right? The, the further two you get removed, You're saying the other two will be there historically no matter what. No question. No question. It's just I'm, who joins them. Here's the deal. That's it. That's it. Who, a couple of years ago it was Baylor, right? Yep. Right now, right now it's TCU. Here's the thing is like, I'm going to go visit – I'm going to go visit Texas. I'm going to go visit Texas A&M. And ultimately, it's, I feel like both programs are going to surround me with talent. At the end of the day, I'm going to sit there and I'm going to go, where do I feel at home? Which coach do I trust? Which players do I fit in best with? Which city, which town do I see myself living in? Is there an offensive-minded head coach where I don't have to lose my lose my offensive system if if the offensive coordinator or or somebody, you know, gets hired away? Is it an offensive-minded head coach to where I know that if I stay there, if I handle my business, I'm going to play four years in the same system? All of those things matter, right? And I'm going to go visit all three of them, and whichever one best suits me, whichever one I feel like the quarterback room is is vulnerable to somebody coming in and legitimately being able to compete for a starting job is going to be – but right now, TCU's in that conversation. I can't tell you TCU's going to be there in two years. It matters what they do in recruiting. It matters. I can't tell you they're going to be there in two years. Ain't no time like the present. That's it. National college football championship, uh, national championship tonight. All dogs, 65-7, all kind of records broken. 
Stetson Bennett continues to write his Hollywood script. MVP uh, produced six total touchdowns for the Dogs, I think is the number. Second straight national championship. This dude can go anywhere and do anything. Let's go to our toast as we bring this season here to a close. Hack, I'm going to go with you for your favorite player team thing for the season. Well, I'm usually not a bitter son of a bitch, but I called it, got some flack for this, and I said that the the national championship game was last weekend watching the Ohio State Buckeyes and the Georgia Bulldogs, Mm -hmm. and unfortunately, TCU proved me right. So here's here's to me saying that we got – we got to watch the national championship game last week, yes, and we this did. was just a consolation: the little giants playing playing ice box in the Dallas Cowboys. So, here's here's to me. Fuck it. Yes, sir. Dirty red, sir. Man, anything, huh? Anything, anything. Well. I don't want to end the night on an emotional note, but I feel like it's the right thing to do. Mike Leach, a man that when I was in my in my playing days, him and Hal Mummy were putting up monster numbers at Kentucky. A man that is is I think one of and I think I know one of the pioneers of the air raid. That that although it's a little bit of a negative light tonight, the air raid getting skull drug. It is an absolute system that has transformed that's transformed so many young men. Uh, and coaches' lives in the game of football. Uh, we lost a great one this year, Mike Leach. So I'm going to put my glass in the air one time for the Pirate, man. Here's the Mike Leach. Respect. And I'm going to send mine to everybody that lives in the biggest, baddest, nastiest, meanest neighborhood in college football. We've been calling them Jurassic Park forever. And it bared out again. Tennessee took it out of the gates. They were number one in the nation, number one in the first poll. Georgia wrestled it away from them. Alabama was right there hanging with them. They had challengers all over the place. The conference looked like it could have a two-loss LSU coming into the playoffs from a first-year coach and Brian Kelly. So then it all settles. Georgia has to go through a game Ohio State team. And they come out there and represent the entire vicious conference against TCU tonight. And as a Midwest guy who now lives out West, never having lived in the South, all the respect in the world for that conference, what it means to them, what they continue to do. And some conferences are going to make better like they do with the Big Ten. Other ones, they're going to continue to show them how big the gap is. Either way, is it great for college football? Hard to say, but it is great as a fan and as somebody who loves the sport and covers the sport like we do. To Jurassic Park as a conference, congrats. And that's for us. That brings us to a conclusion uh, on the behalf of the bosses, Jeff Goodman, Rob Douster, the producers, Dagan Hughes, Trevor Belize, all our guys. Uh, Trevor Knight, Michael Felder, uh, Coach um, Kevin Sumlin, Bryce Petty, Bryce Petty, uh, Greg Waddell, Greg Waddell, Christian Hackenberg, Clint Sterner, George Whitfield. Cannot wait to see you guys again. 
potentially coming up here this spring as we start talking spring football and the NFL draft. It's been an absolute honor to roll with you. College football, after dark, field of 12. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.